fellow ink drinkers, and welcome back to the Blind Girls Book Talk podcast. Aria, my sister's name is Belle, and we are two legally blind sisters who love reading and love books. And so, what we've done is we've created this show in order to talk about that. We talk about a wide variety of bookish content, and that can range from bad retellings of stories, book to movie adaptation comparisons, buddy reads, recent reads, bookish challenges, really. The list does go on and on. And today, well, okay, today I'm alone. <laughs> so, as we said last time, Belle has some tests coming up, so she is not really available to do recording. And Beth has had some things come up as well. So unfortunately, she was not able to come on today. So hope everything's working out. But essentially, I'm here alone. And honestly, out of all of the episodes for me to film being alone, this one is actually going to be probably one of the best ones because this is really just an author talk. So because it is officially spooky season, I'm going to be talking about Mary Shelley. Now, I will say I had heard, you know, some different things like, well, actually, no, that's a lie. I haven't really heard a lot about Mary Shelley other than, you know, she wrote Frankenstein. That's that's really all I know about her. And so essentially, I did some research. All of my links are going to be in the description of the sources that I used. So that way, you know, you guys can see where I pulled information from. Well, I'm just going to get into it because I found some pretty interesting things. So Mary Shelley was born Mary Wollstonecraft Goodwin. And if I said that wrong, I'm so sorry. On August 30th, 1797. And she was born in Somerstown, London, England. She was the daughter of a philosopher and political writer. And his name was William Goodman. And then her mother was a famed feminist, Mary Wollstonecraft, and she is the author of The Vindication of the Rights of Women that was published in 1792. Unfortunately, not long after Mary was born, her mother had died because she had gotten an infection and had some complications, you know, after Mary's birth. So unfortunately, she passed away. Her father was left to care for her and her older half-sister, Fanny Imlay. Now, Fanny was Mary's mother's daughter from an affair that she had with a soldier, which was probably very, very scandalous at the time. But I guess William, Mary's father, had kind of adopted Fanny as his own child, I'm guessing. And so essentially, William would go on to describe his daughter Mary as she got older as singularly bold, somewhat imperious and active of mind. Her desire for knowledge is great and her perseverance in everything she undertakes almost invincible. So seems like quite a girl or quite a lady. Her father then would marry another woman and her name was Mary Jane Claremont in 1801. So Mary, of course, was still a small child. 
Claremont brought her own two children into the union and she and Goodwin later had a son together. So their family was definitely extremely unorthodox. There's just a lot going on there. And Mary never really got along with her stepmother. Her stepmother had decided that Mary's stepsisters should be sent away to school, but she didn't see the need to send Mary as well. Her stepmother did convince Mary's father, though, to create a publishing company in 1805. So... At least, you know, something something's coming from that. So the Goodwin household had a number of distinguished guests during Mary's childhood, and that included Samuel Taylor Coolridge and William Wordsworth. Mary did go to school for a few months in 1811. However, she continued most of her studies at home. She did make great use of her father's library. She could be found reading a lot of times by her mother's grave. Her father also pushed her to continue to learn many subjects such as history, mythology, and literature. So even though she didn't have a formal education Mary definitely got a semblance of an education from her father and probably from his house guests and and all of that jazz. So, you know, she definitely was not uneducated by any means. She also liked to daydream, escaping from her often challenging home life into her imagination. So she found her creative outlet in writing. According to the life and letters of Mary Wollstonecraft, she once explained that as a child, I scribbled And my favorite pastime during the hours given me for recreation was to, quote, write stories. She published her first poem, which was Monseer Nong Tong Pa. I'm so sorry. In 1807. And that was actually through her father's publishing company. So during the summer of 1812, Mary did go to Scotland to stay with an acquaintance of her father. His name was William Baxter, and she stayed with him and his family. There she experienced a type of domestic tranquility that she had really never known. Then in 1814, she began a relationship with a poet, and his name is Percy, I can't say his middle name, Shelley. Okay, now this is where things get a little confusing, so I will try to explain it the best that I can. So Percy Shelley was a devoted student of Mary's father, but he soon focused his attentions on Mary. Now, she was about 17 at the time that this was kind of all going down, and he was five years older than her. However, he was also already married. So essentially what ended up happening is they ran away together that same year to quote unquote elope. However, because Percy was married, they couldn't actually get married. He essentially left his first wife, took Mary on the road with him, and they were pretty much, you know, in a relationship together all through. Well, I'll get to it later, but they were in a relationship together you know, pretty much ever since then, but they couldn't actually be married. So they were just together on their own free will, I guess, and volition. The couple, I think at first, when they first ran away, was accompanied by Mary's stepsister, Jane. 
And Mary's actions alienated her from her father, who did not speak to her for some time. So when they ran away together, they traveled about Europe. Mary at that time, well, at that time, they were keeping a travel journal together, but it eventually became just Mary's journal. And she would just write down all about their travels. They both encouraged each other in their writings. It sounds like they were, from what I could tell from my research, it sounds like they were a pretty good team when it came to, you know, like writing together and that kind of thing. They struggled financially, of course, and they faced the loss of their first child in 1815. Mary had delivered a baby girl who only lived for a few days after she was born. That following summer... The Shelleys went to Switzerland with a woman named Jane Claremont, as well as Lord Byron and John Polidori. So I think I saw in another bit of research that Jane and Lord Byron were lovers, if I if I remember my research correctly. So they definitely, you know, traveled with them to kind of go abroad. They were, you know, just kind of this group of of writers that were just kind of together. So when they went to this place in Switzerland, the group entertained themselves one rainy day by reading a book of ghost stories. Lord Byron suggested that they all should try their hand at writing their own horror story. And it was at this time that Mary Shelley began work on what would become her most famous novel, which is Frankenstein or the modern Prometheus. So later that year, Mary suffered the loss of her half-sister, Fanny, And then also Percy's wife passed away as well. So this means that they could actually officially get married. So Mary and Percy were finally able to wed in December of 1816. They continued traveling. And so the first time that they were traveling and I said about her keeping that journal, she ended up publishing that travel journal and it was called History of a Six Weeks Tour and it was published in 1817. When she published this, she also continued working on her Frankenstein story. By May of 1817, Mary had finished writing Frankenstein but she couldn't publish it yet due to all of the gossip and scandal behind her relationship and marriage. Because obviously what Mary and Percy had going on was definitely extremely scandalous at the time. I mean, it still would technically be a little bit scandalous now. So she had to hold off on publishing her Frankenstein novel. In 1818, it was finally published. And it was debuted as a new novel from an anonymous author. And many thought that her husband actually had written it since he had penned the introduction. But the book ended up being proved a huge success. And that same year, the Shelleys moved to Italy. So while Mary seemed devoted to her husband, they did not have the easiest marriage. Their union was riddled with adultery and heartache, including the death of two more of their children. They did have more of an open relationship, though, and occasionally Percy would give more attention to other women than Mary liked. So... From my understanding, you know, it was kind of one of those things where it was an open relationship. It wasn't, I forget how, there was another source that worded it really well, and I wish I would have written that down. But essentially, they had more of an open relationship. 
if they had an affair, it wasn't, it didn't seem like it was that big of a deal. But I think what would happen is that Percy would pay a lot more attention to certain women than to his own wife. And I think that's where Mary got upset about all of it. But she did finally have a child. She did finally have a son with her husband. And they named him Percy. Percy Florence was his name. And he was the only child that they ever had that lived to adulthood. And in 1822, Mary's life was rocked by another tragedy when her husband actually drowned. He had been out sailing with a friend in the Gulf of Spezia, Spezza. I'm so sorry. I cannot say words. So she was 24 years old. She's a widow. She has a small child and she's got to take care of all of that. So she worked really hard to support herself and her son. She moved back to England where she lived in, quote, exile in the conservative country. She wrote several more novels, including Valperga and a science fiction tale called The Last Man, which was published in 1826. She also devoted herself to promoting her husband's poetry and preserving his place in literary history. For several years, she faced opposition from her late husband's father, who had always disapproved of his son's bohemian lifestyle. However, he did give Mary and her son an allowance for a time, even though there were many, many rules attached to it. And when she actually went to publish her husband's works, he had retracted that allowance. So, yeah, it seemed like there was a lot of just headbutting and tension between Percy, Mary's husband's father, and Mary herself. Mary at times found herself comfort and companionship in male and female relationships. However, she never formed another relationship that approached the one that she had shared with her husband. She rejected offers of marriage from two men. She did express an interest in Washington Irving and appears to had formed an intimacy with another man, which ended in disappointment. So I'm guessing she kind of had an affair with this guy and then they ended up, you know, breaking it off. She died of brain cancer on February 1st, 1851 at the age of 53 in London. She was buried at St. Peter's Church in Bournemouth and was laid to rest with the cremated remains of her late husband's heart. I don't know. I don't know how that worked, but it's fine. After her death, her son Percy and her daughter-in-law Jane had Mary Shelley's parents exhumed from a different cemetery in London and had them reinterred beside Mary at the family tomb in St. Peter's. It was roughly a century after her passing that one of her novels, Mathilde, Mathilde, Matilda, no, it's not Matilda, Mathilde, was finally released in 1950. And I think this one was very controversial, if I remember correctly. But yeah, it's definitely not one of her famous works. And I didn't want to get kind of bogged down in all of her works because there was a lot that she had written and you know I feel like that can get a little rough to go through all of that 
Her lasting legacy, however, remains the classic tale of Frankenstein. And this story has kind of been enduring in pop culture. In 1994, there was a film adaptation of the novel, which starred Robert De Niro, Helena Bonham Carter, and Tom Hulse. I'm so sorry. I don't I don't know when I don't say last names or names in general. But her works, of course, also inspired some spoofs such as Young Frankenstein, which starred Gene Wilder. And the monster lives on in modern thrillers as well, such as I Frankenstein. So all in all, she left a very profound mark on the literary world and in the world of storytelling in general. Definitely. Frankenstein is up there with some of the great, you know, monsters of literature, movie monsters. So for it being just a little challenge that Lord Byron was just kind of like, hey, let's write a ghost story. It's interesting that something that big just came from just a little moment like that. So I thought it was really interesting. I definitely learned a lot about Mary. And, you know, I... I found it really interesting to see, you know, kind of how her life was because I didn't really know before. So definitely learned more. So that's about all that I had, you know, for today. Again, it's just me. So hopefully next week, Belle will be back. You know, hopefully she gets through all of her testing and, you know, it's all good there. So that being said, we want to thank you guys for coming along today as I talked about Mary Shelley and her life. Of course, if you like this episode, if you like what you've been listening to, please consider following the podcast and sharing the episode with your friends. It really would help us to grow the show and we would appreciate the support those actions would give. And then next time we are going to be talking about books that made us feel something, which... That's going to be a time with Belle. <laughs> so that being said, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.